What's going on, guys? So in today's episode, I want to go over what I believe are the worst five worst values in each of the first five rounds, and then also the five best values. Um, just one guy for each round, basically, is what I'm going to do. So I'll start with the worst values. And I know some of you, most of you at this point have either drafted or you're about to, but I'm trying to just get one last kind of draft prep fantasy episode in. So bear with me if you've already drafted. And um, maybe, maybe, just maybe this will influence you to potentially try and get a trade done. Because for some of these guys, like let's say you just came off a draft and and you drafted all five guys that I'm about to mention. Well, if you did that, that's okay. Just it, you know, I, I would suggest if you did draft multiple of these guys, maybe try and package them for somebody else. You know, maybe it, like it's not too, I don't want you to panic. I most definitely don't want you to panic, but I also don't want you to just say, oh, I already drafted and, you know, and that's that. Like it's not, it's nothing's over. Uh, fantasy season is a very long season. A lot of things can happen. Even the best drafted team in your league may not win that that's just it's very uncommon for someone to have a, an awesome draft and just like oh that's it I win like you know it, it's it's a little bit more complicated than that as we all know they have played so um so yeah just keep that in mind and this can always apply to you even if you have already drafted so worst value of round one in my opinion would be Derek Henry um he's being drafted as basically the RB6 and at seventh overall um, my issue with Henry is consistency. I'm not sure that we're going to see a consistent week to week guy. So if you drafted Derrick Henry, I would suggest that you maybe try and package him and, and upgrade or, or even if you feel if you make the other the other guy feel like he's getting more like if you traded, excuse me, if you drafted Derrick Henry, maybe you could say to the whoever owns Joe Mixon, Maybe you could ask for Mixon and like a you know a little flex option, just build some depth on your team. But I think that that's a decent idea, especially because I have Mixon rated ahead of Henry. But the perception of the public is that um, Joe Mixon is not as high as Henry. So if you drafted him, and I'm scaring you with my with this here, because um, I do have some facts to back this up. It's not just solely opinion. And I'm going to get to those in a second. But if I'm scaring you, you just know that you can still trade Derrick Henry. You know, like just, just like I was saying at the beginning of this, like, don't panic. You know, just just uh, try and see where this applies to you. And I think that Joe Mixon is certainly a guy that most of the public would be lower on than Henry. So you might be able to do that. But if you're going to try and trade, let's say you want to do that. Right. I would I would ask for Joe Mixon and somebody else, because if you draft Derrick Henry, before Joe Mixon, and then you try and trade Derrick Henry for Joe Mixon straight up, the owner of the, the Joe Mixon owner is going to be like, what does he know that I don't know? And they're going to be a little sketched out and probably not want to do the deal with you. So I would try to, even if you don't want the two players, I think you might be best suited to just go ahead and go in that direction. So just maybe like ask for Joe Mixon and, um, you know, somebody like Brandon Cooks or whatever, and just, you know, just throw it out there, whoever, just basically do that, because I think it's going to be the best option for you to be able to make that trade, so, all right, moving on, and okay, no, I'm sorry, not moving on, uh, Derrick Henry, let me give you the reasoning behind this, so after the first eight games of 2019, in half PPR scoring, Derrick Henry was the RB16, 
if you spent a first round pick on that guy, or if you spend a first round pick on that guy this year and he does the same thing, you are not going to be happy after eight games. As a matter of fact, you're not going to be able to trade him. You're not going to be happy. You're not going to like, it's just going to be a complete lose lose um, in that scenario. So, and I just think that that's really possible, not because Derrick Henry's not a beast, because he most certainly is, but mainly because it's just the nature of his style. I've touched on this before, so I'm not going to beat it to death here. But basically, when they are losing, he's not going to catch passes, so he's not going to provide value there. And if they're, let's say they go 14-2 and two this year, well, that's like your best case scenario in terms of his workload. But there will still be games where the Titans have to win because of their defense or because of their passing game, which I know that's not ideal. But And that's not a shot at Tannehill. They're just not built that way. But I think overall what I'm saying is there will be games where Henry's going to have 22 carries for you know, uh, 61 yards. And, you know, if he doesn't get in the end zone, you're looking at 6.1 points. So, and cause in all likelihood, he's not going to catch a pass or if he does, it'll be like one, one reception. I mean, I think he had a career high in receptions last year and that was 17 catches, I believe. So he's not, or 18, excuse me. So in that it's, it's, he's just one dimensional. He's either going to have a big day on the ground with carries and he needs touchdowns or, or, it's going to be a disappointing day to some level. You know, he'll still get you eight or nine probably, but I, I mean, if you're drafting him seventh overall, it's not going to cut it. So, <clears throat> and also this is not just a one-time thing. Um, last year, after the first eight games, he was RB 47. I'm sorry, that's 2018. He was RB 47 in points per game after the first eight games of the 2018 season, guys. Like, you know, we need to – how can we confidently project a full season of top five running back play when we've literally never seen it, you know? And he has a total of 57 catches in his career coming off a career high last season of 18 catches. So um, that number could go up a little bit this year, maybe 25 catches or something like that, but that's like not even one and a half catches per game. So I'm not excited about Derrick Henry in the first round, and in my opinion, he's just the worst value there. and. Also, keep this in mind, running back is so loaded that he I do think he's the worst value there, but I also don't think he's <laughs> I don't think that like he's an awful player. Like he's gonna, he's gonna be solid at the end of the season. He'll probably finish top 12 or so amongst running backs, but it's just that week to week consistency that really ruins it for me with Derrick Henry. And it's mainly due to the fact that he's just not gonna catch a ton of passes. So, all right, round two, by far the worst value of round two, in my opinion, is Super Bowl MVP Pat Mahomes, um, mainly because he's a quarterback. I mean, really all because he's a quarterback. And I would like, just so you guys know, I'm, I'm choosing Mahomes for this round, but in the next rounds, I'm not going to go with, Mah I'm not going to go with the quarterbacks because that would just be like for me, the right answer, but it would also be kind of a boring podcast to just go over the same you know repeat the same narrative every single round so i'm not going to go there but I'm, i am going to tell you for the second round because he's going so early like the first pick of the second round i just have to say please don't do that to yourself do not do that to yourself because here's what you're passing on you're not only are you taking a quarterback early and you, when you can get matthew stafford in round 10 daniel jones in round 11 or vice versa whatever you're taking a guy over 
and this is just based on my home league's draft that just happened a couple days ago. Here's who was available because, ironically enough, the guy who was sitting in the 12 spot literally took Pat Mahomes in a 12-team league. So he took him with the last pick of the first round. And here is who was on the board available for that guy to take instead. Kenyon Drake, Josh Jacobs, Austin Eckler, Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, Nick Chubb, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey, if you like tight ends, and George Kittle, um, and also Julio Jones, which granted he did take Julio with the next pick, so I guess that's okay. But um, just the whole point is, man, when you take a quarterback that high, you essentially are banking on his 2018 season like you need all 5,000 passing yards and you need all 50 touchdowns because otherwise it's not going to pay off for you um let me throw one more thing at you last season so in the 2019 season there were there was a 3.3 points per game differential between the QB2 which was Deshaun Watson and the QB12 which is Kyler Murray so that three points per game from the QB2 to the QB12. You can safely draft the QB12 in the double-digit rounds on any particular season. And just so you know, the quarterback position in fantasy is one of the most volatile in the sense that you could be expecting the QB12 in, in round 10 or 12 or something like that, and you could end up getting the QB5 or 6 because it's – you know, it's a little bit of a difficult position to project, especially when there's young guys like Kyler Murray or Daniel Jones or Drew Locke this year. Um, yeah, so just overall, I'm just going to – I want to bring it home one more time. Do not. Do not draft a quarterback early. <laughs> okay. Round three, George Kittle, and this is going to be the similar type of thing to quarterbacks. Like, we don't take tight ends early. George Kittle was the tight end two last year, so that might get you excited on paper, but he only averaged 12.9 points per game, which, of course, that's not, like, horrible or anything. That's not the point. He had over 1,000 receiving yards. But the point is, again, who you're passing up on. I mean, that could be Chris Godwin, guys. Like, that literally could be Chris Godwin right there. You know, that could be um, – your 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 running back two or your wide receiver high end wide receiver two um wide receiver one potentially even like you know it could be another rb one you just you don't want to take 12.9 points per game over all the things i just mentioned especially running backs because we all know when you have a two or three really good running backs like high end mid-range rb2 to low end rb1s that's way more valuable than a tight end especially when you look at the difference between the tight ends uh in terms of points per game like in round seven or later you can get hunter henry tyler higby jared cook hayden hurst um austin hooper noah fant mike gasicki and tj hawkinson like in my home league i took mike gasicki in the 10th round and tj hawkinson in the 11th round and i just I'm so comfortable with that. I feel like it's just a very, very safe play. And it's also has some upside attached to it. Like the reason I did that is not because I don't believe in one or the other, but it's because I wanted to have both because I feel like the odds of one of them having a breakout season is very high. So if I have both and I only spend a 10th and an 11th round pick, like my odds of getting a breakout tight end are very, very high. And if I do that at that price, that is so much more valuable than even if George Kittle hits his ceiling at a third round price. 
So round four is, um, again, I'm not going to get into tight ends or quarterbacks because I could do that every early round, especially. So I'm not going to, I'm not going to pick any quarterback or tight end, even though I would probably choose Mark Andrews, Dak Prescott, Zach Ertz, or Russell Wilson here, but I'm not going to, um, I'm going to go a different round just for example's sake to get a little, little bit deeper in this podcast. Um, I'm going to say AJ Brown, wide receiver, AJ Brown, and he's going in the mid late fourth round. So last year, Brown averaged an amazing 20.2 yards per catch. Um, so the first question I want to ask ourselves, we always we always hear about this positive regression or negative regression or whatever. Um, I, is that sustainable? Is 20 yards per catch sustainable? I don't really think it is. And the volume isn't likely considering this guy only caught 52 passes last year. And is the touchdown production sustainable? Because he scored a touchdown every 6.5 catches. You know, so if it's low volume, high ADP, and you and also let's consider that he doesn't have the quote unquote element of surprise, so to speak, as he did as a rookie, because now NFL defensive coordinators has spent an entire offseason studying this Titans offense and why and why the hell this guy averaged over 20 yards per catch as a rookie. So um, defensive coordinators are going to are going to do their damn best to eliminate big plays from that young man uh, going into a second season. So I'm not saying that's going to happen altogether. And AJ Brown will probably have a statistical, um, sli- at least slightly higher uh, volume this season than he did last year. But overall, I don't see. Uh, you know, he, in my opinion, he's never going to be, especially in this offense, he's never going to be a, a 100 catch per season guy. You know, and when you can get here's a little spoiler alert to um the my most valuable guys. But when you can get a guy like Keenan Allen in the fifth round, who had his career best 104 catches just last year. Why are we going to take a guy, A.J. Brown, who literally had 52. A round earlier, you know, literally half the catches. And, yeah, I know he averaged 20 yards a catch. And that's phenomenal. But is that really going to continue? Because. I think the volume is likely to continue to be in that range, maybe a little bit higher, maybe 65 catches this year. But I think the the um, average yards per catch is much more likely to go down. So he's trending the wrong way in both of those categories. <clears throat> I'm sorry, in uh, one of those categories, the most important one, because I think the yards per catch will drop by like five yards this year. He can't if he goes out there and averages another 18 to 20 yards per catch again, that would just be insane and and that's no disrespect to aj brown i just think that it's you're not going to be able to do that when they're when they're game planning for you as a true number one receiver so it's going to be more of a volume show but i don't think a ton more volume because they're going to be they're going to remain a run first team and by the way i'm this is nothing to do with the titans i i have no you know animosity towards the titans i think they're I actually really like the Titans. I love the way they're built. I love the way they play football, like the blue collar toughness and and kind of bad boys mentality of the whole squad. So it's nothing to do with that. It just so happens that two Titans are on my list here. <laughs> but um, it's just everything about the typically offenses like that aren't they don't scream fantasy value. You know, if if Derrick Henry caught passes like even like 50 passes a year, he would easily be my rb1 and it wouldn't be close because then now i know that his opportunity share is going to be there whether they're running or passing but so derrick henry and aj brown um both are limited in some ways and i think that the top you know first round for derrick henry is too high and the fourth round for aj brown is too high as well 
All right, round five is going to be another second-year receiver, DK Metcalf. <clears throat> uh, Metcalf is going in the mid to late fifth round, which is ironically just a few picks later than his teammate Tyler Lockett. I think Tyler Lockett is much more likely to see the volume. I think DK Metcalf is very similar to A.J. Brown in some ways. He DK had 58 catches, and as we know from the glorified three-cone drill, um, DK Metcalf has never been confused as a elite route runner of sorts. You know, he's never bit like, and therefore he's not ever really going to be a super high volume guy, which is okay again, because he averaged, what was it? 15 over 50, uh, 15 and a half yards per catch last year. And he had seven touchdowns. So, um, very similar to AJ Brown. Uh, I think they're both very, very, very good players, especially when we're not talking fantasy. We're just talking about like how good they are. I really like them. They're going to be real, really special players from here on. Um, But I think the low efficiency and low volume nature of DK Metcalf and AJ Brown are the reason why they're going to be on here. I mean, even with Tyler Lockett basically non-existent over the final seven games where Lockett had just 23 catches, uh DK Metcalf only had 29 catches which is about four per game and he had two touchdowns over that time so it's hard to like in my opinion at that point you're really banking on ceiling and you're you're banking on more volume and higher efficiency and I just like that that's what you're going to need to to return value there and you know, like I just said, Keenan Allen is going to catch 100 passes, guys. He's going to catch 100 passes. I don't care who's playing quarterback for the Chargers. He's going to catch 100 passes. You can get him in the fifth round. So are you taking Keenan Allen or DK Metcalf? I mean, come on. So <clears throat> my best values in rounds one through five. Let's go here. And uh, so first round, we are going to talk about Joe Mixon. I think he's the best value in the first round because you can get him essentially with your last pick in the first round. And basically with him, number one, in 2018, so two years ago, he was a very, very consistent player the entire season. He missed the last couple games with injury, but at the time that he went out with injury, I believe he was second in the NFL in rushing yards. I'm making that point to make the point that it's not like Derrick Henry from the year before because Derrick Henry certainly finished 2019 very strong, as Joe Mixon did. But we've also seen the same show from Derrick Henry in 2018 where he was the RB 40-something over the first eight games, whereas Joe Mixon, that's not the case. We saw Joe Mixon only getting like 14 touches per game over the first seven games, I believe it was, the last year. And then we saw Mixon over the final nine games getting almost 24 touches per game and averaging about 120 yards per game. Okay, well, I've been over this before, so I'll keep it quick with Mixon. But with a rookie quarterback, especially the top first overall pick in the draft, Joe Burrow, I believe that is just further uh, proof or evidence that they are likely to feed Mixon to to basically get the take the pressure off Burrow. Um, and I think he's one of the most complete running backs in football. I, I really do. I think he, you know, as a guy that can make you miss, he can do that. He can run you over. He can catch the ball. He can pass protect. Um, There's really nothing that Joe Mixon can't do. And if we stat out his numbers over the final nine games, prorate them over a 16-game season, that'd be about 1,900 yards and 11 touchdowns. 
yeah, I'm more than happy taking Joe Mixon at the bottom of the first round. And I actually just did that in my home league. So second rounder, best value in this among second rounders, Chris Godwin to me. Like, guys, he's going mid to late second round, especially. Like, so you don't have to be picking, you know, with the first or second pick. Like, you can probably get him if you're in the middle of the second round. And that's crazy to me because that scheme, the Bruce Arian scheme with the big slot guy combined with Tom Brady playing quarterback is just perfection for fantasy football. Like, <clears throat> it's it's literally perfect. And combine that with the fact that Chris Godwin was the wide receiver two last year in this exact offensive system in points per game. He was wide receiver two, and he's being drafted as wide receiver six, which is late second round. So I'm absolutely in love with it. I think that that is just – I just replied to someone's comment on Instagram. That is just too easy. Just take your money and move on to the third round. Um, third round, we're going to go Kenny Galladay, another receiver. Look, his his ADP is very early to mid-third round. If you're lucky, if you get him in the mid-third round, you're extremely blessed because this guy finishes the wide receiver seven last year in half PPR points per game, and that was without Matthew Stafford for the second half of the season. And his production did not drop at all. That's crazy. Um, he's in a contract year. I love when a guy's in a good situation. And when I say good situation, I mean Matthew Stafford's coming back. They have other options there on the offense to kind of keep the pressure off of him so defenses can't just, you know, devote everyone in the secondary to stopping Kenny Galladay. So from that standpoint, he's in a good situation. And <clears throat> game flow should be on their side for at least some of their games, at least half, I'd say, right? About eight and eight. Um, and it wouldn't, to, to be perfectly honest with you guys, this might sound like a hot take, but I really don't think it's hot. <clears throat> it would not shock me if he finishes the wide receiver one. It really wouldn't. So I'm, I'm that bullish on Kenny Galladay. I think that getting him in the third round just works so perfectly with my plan to take running backs early. You know, if I can take two running backs and then come back and grab Kenny Galladay, oh my goodness. I mean, that's a true wide receiver one because he's guaranteed in my mind he's guaranteed to finish as a wide receiver one this year guaranteed it may be a low end but it's guaranteed and just with Stafford coming back I think his efficiency is something you can count on more so than years past especially the fact he's in a contract year love his value in the third round fourth round is gonna be David Johnson <clears throat> and um sometimes he's going late third but I, I think more often than not he's available in the early fourth round so this guy has top five upside, man. Like people can make fun of him and all that. I was not high on him last year, but he was a top seven running back for the first, I think it was six weeks of the season. And then the injuries kind of started to happen and all that. But like, he is a guy that we've seen it from before. So we, the full look, the fact that the Texans traded Deandre Hopkins for David Johnson, essentially, and a pick, that shows me that the intent, which I, I always say is a very key word, the intent is to give him the ball so we can count on a full workload. Even if uh, Duke Johnson comes in and catches three or four passes a game, we can still count on a full workload from David Johnson, and that includes catching the football. Don't think, oh, they got Duke, you know, he's like, no, David Johnson is also going to catch the ball, and he's going to do a lot of it. I really believe that he's going to catch a lot of the football. He's a very good receiver for a big guy, just like Le'Veon Bell. Very good receiving back, and they're not going to put that to waste, especially Bill O'Brien being a product of that New England offense. So 
David Johnson will catch plenty of passes. The offensive line still isn't elite by any means, but it's much better, particularly from a run-blocking standpoint. Uh, and they have some continuity now on top of it. So I like David Johnson a lot in the fourth round. I think that you are really staying ahead of the sticks if you can grab him in the fourth round. All right, fifth round, I have a couple guys here because if Jonathan Taylor's there, he's he's the pick, right? If you get to the fifth round, and I don't even care if you have two running backs already, like or three even, take Taylor. If you get to the fifth round and he's there, just take him because he really has a chance to be a top five running back, even as a rookie. And I just think that it may take three to six games or so, but he's going to be a guy that, is is force fed the football because I don't think that they brought Philip Rivers in there to pass it 40 plus times a game. I think they brought Philip Rivers in there and they traded up for Jonathan Taylor because their vision is clear. The intent, again, we use that word, is clear. They want to feed this, they want to they want to play behind that brilliant offensive line. And then they want a quarterback that when they need him to to air it out and to you know play catch up, he can but they also want a guy that can come in and manage a game and sit nice and cozy behind that offensive line protected by a run game. I think that's how you're going to get the most out of Phillip Rivers at this point in his career. And I think Jonathan Taylor is most certainly a part of their plans. So I like him, but I don't think he'll be there for you unless you're really lucky. So I gave you, I wanted to give you another guy and that guy is Keenan Allen. Um, I know I already gave you a spoiler alert, but last three years reception totals for Keenan Allen, 102, 97 and just last season 104 he's gonna catch 100 passes and he's gonna score six to eight touchdowns guys barring injury knock on wood he's that's what he's gonna do you know with with the fact that keenan allen is one of the best route runners in football and he plays from the slot most of the time that's a young quarterback's best friend and that's a guy like tyrod taylor's best friend as well because tyrod's not a guy that wants to push it you know outside the numbers very often like Keenan Allen is going to be open and a young quarterback and Justin Herbert, who I absolutely love, will be able to get him the ball there consistently, may even over focus on him. And right now, Mike Williams is hurt. So to me, Keenan Allen is obviously still their number one receiver, even even with a healthy Mike Williams. But I just think that the situation is perfect for him. I think volume will be there. I think efficiency will be there. I think red zone volume will be there. I, I don't see what is not to like about Keenan Allen. This is really interesting to me because um, I've taken a lot of criticism for being so high on Keenan Allen this year. And that to me is narrative driven because I don't see what you really don't like. I don't see what the real criticism could be other than like, Oh, their QB play sucks. Like dude, if your QB play sucks, the, the only receiver you want on a shitty quarterback team is the slot receiver, especially if they're an elite slot receiver, an elite route runner. That's what you want if the quarterback play is limited. You want the slot guy or the tight end, and that's about it. You don't want someone, you know, like Odell. like Or that's why what Kenny Galladay did last year was so impressive because he's a boundary receiver, you know, and he was just doing what he was doing with it didn't even matter. That's, what, that's why what DeAndre Hopkins did for many years was so – impressive because he's a boundary receiver and he had no one playing quarterback until Watson got there. So um, Keenan Allen is quarterback proof. And if Herbert plays, I love it because he's a young quarterback and I loved him coming out. I'm super confident in Justin Herbert. I think he'll be able to consistently get the ball to Keenan Allen and he'll be able to do it um, 
look, I love Philip Rivers, but in my opinion, I think Justin Herbert right now is close to, if not better than what we saw from Philip Rivers last year. That's that's all I'll say about that. <clears throat> but that should just show you I'm not concerned about Keenan Allen's quarterbacks, whether it's Tyrod Taylor for some parts of the season and then Justin Herbert or whatever or vice versa. I'm not worried. I think Keenan Allen's going to have a very big season. I think he's going to catch at least 85 to 90 passes, at least. And I honestly expect 100. So, um, so yeah, guys, that's what I think about that. If you want to talk to me about it, you can always hit me up in my DMs on Twitter. It's at FairShakeFB. And then on Instagram, it's at FairShakeFootball. Once again, I appreciate you guys listening. If you could um, give this a share, that'd be helpful. All right, guys. Peace.